Our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, at the end of that letter, and verses 16 through 18 are where we're going to focus. I'm going to read just a little bit um, around those um, verses. But before we uh, open God's Word, let's pray together. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. It is a, a light for us to follow, a lamp for our feet. It is a sword that pierces into us at times to, to bring correction, to bring renewal, to remove and bring healing. And so, Father, we ask that as we open your word this morning, that that same spirit that inspired its writing, your Holy Spirit, would meet each one of us that through these written words, we would experience your presence and your power in our lives, that we may be transformed that we may be encouraged, that we may be blessed. We thank you, Lord, for the promise in your word that as your word goes forth, it accomplishes what you plan and you purpose for it. And so we trust and rest in you for that this morning. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, abolish the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And then um, our verses, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word this morning. So, Scripture is full of directions for us to be thankful. We opened with Psalm 100, which in the title, um, it's kind of the subtitle is, In Order to Give Thanks. 
a psalm for giving grateful praise, in which we're told to shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, to worship the Lord with gladness, to come before Him with joyful songs, to know that the Lord is God. It's He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. We enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. We give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever, His faithfulness through all generations. We're instructed to enter with thanksgiving and to come with thanksgiving and with praise. In Psalm 106, it opens with the direction to praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And that refrain, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever, is repeated in Psalm 107, in Psalm 118, and in Psalm 136. God repeats again and again to His people, encouraging them, reminding them to give thanks and to give thanks to Him. In the book of Jeremiah, we see God speaking to His people, speaking words of comfort and hope to His people, promising health and healing and return from COVID. No, oh, sorry, return from captivity. But it might as well be return from COVID. I mean, some of those same words can apply to us, but they talk about cleansing from sin, forgiveness for rebellion. And then we read in Isaiah 33 that the results of all that will be the sound of joy and gladness, the voice of the bride and the bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thanks offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, give thanks to the Lord. Almighty, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. So Scripture is clear, we need to be thankful, and He instructs us to be thankful. And what's really interesting is that science is finally catching up with what the Word says. Scientists in the field of especially neuroscience, which is the science of the brain, are discovering as they do research on how our brains work that they do, surprise, surprise, line up with what God's Word says. may not be a surprise to us, but I think possibly a surprise for some people. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a communications pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. Don't you want to just have that written on your business card to, to pass to someone? They say, what do you do? I'm a communications pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. And you know full well that they're not going to say anything else to you. And for the last 40 years, they've been re she's been researching the mind-brain connection looking at the nature of mental health and the formation of memory and what she continues to see and continues to show is that what the Word of God says is actually happening in your brain 
and it's happening right now. What we think becomes a physical reality in our brains. That's what she has shown. And so what we think creates stuff in our brains, and that can affect our mental and our physical health. So it is our attitude that we bring, and not our DNA, how we were made, that really affects our quality of life. It's the attitude that we bring to life, not how we were made, that, that shapes how we experience life. And that goes along with what Scripture says. In Proverbs 23, in the King James Version, we read, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. As we think, as we wrestle with that, as we think, then that is, is who we are. In Romans 12, we read, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we think, we build thoughts, and those thoughts actually become physical structures within our brains. Every thought that we have generates and builds this physical structure in our brain. And there's lots of room in there for all, for all of the thoughts that we have. We only use about uh, 3% of, of the brain, and there's all the rest. It's like having a massive hard drive and we only use 3%. There's lots of room to put lots of thoughts in there. What Dr. Leaf has demonstrated and shown is that actually our brains are hardwired for love, and that when we are operating out of love, we operate in the way that, that our brain is designed to work with. That's because God's created it, and God is a God of love. But when we don't operate out of love, that can begin to damage our brain and damage what is going on. So what we see is that if we think good thoughts, we build good structures in our brains, and that's healthy. But if we're thinking bad thoughts and negative thoughts and toxic thoughts, they bring, they build negative structures in our brains and they can be damaging to us. So what we think affects the structure of our brains and has an impact upon our physical and our mental health. So what does that have to do with being thankful then? or what the Scripture says. Really, what it's saying and confirms is that an attitude of gratitude is good for us. And say it, an attitude of gratitude is good for me. An attitude of gratitude is good for me. 
And scientific studies have shown that if we are thankful, if we practice being grateful, we create a cycle of positivity within our minds, and it has lasting effects upon us. When we choose to be grateful, we connect with how we are created to be. And as a result, we have greater longevity. We live longer. There's greater ability for us to use our imaginations, greater ability to solve problems, and there's greater overall health. As we practice being thankful, as we count our blessings, we find it easier and easier to build a positive and grateful mindset. So being thankful is good for us. And so when we turn to what the Apostle Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, we see that he says to them, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul gives three directives. Really, they are three imperatives, three commands that he gives uh, to the Thessalonians here. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And what Paul is doing is he's instructing this community of faith in Thessalonica how to live and how to live successfully and well in the midst of their current challenging situations. Joy, prayer, thanksgiving were fundamental descriptions of a community that are, that's filled with the Holy Spirit's presence and the Holy Spirit working amongst them. And so, if you could identify and can see that joy, that prayer, that thanksgiving operating, we can see the work of the Spirit at work. And that's, Paul, that's what Paul is saying. And says, that's God's will. This is how you are to live. This is the instruction that He wants to give in all circumstances, it says. Not just in some circumstances, not just when we feel like it, but in all of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. If we go back into the book of Acts, we see that Paul ends up in Thessalonica, which is located in Macedonia, after he's received this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. It wasn't where Paul actually wanted to go. He wanted to go in the other direction. Um, he wanted to, um, to head out uh, more into Asia, but the Spirit prevented him from doing that and said, you need to come over to Macedonia. And we read then in Acts 17 about how Paul arrives in Thessalonica, and as his usual practice it was, he would go to the synagogue on the Saturday and be, share the message of Jesus. 
with the people that were gathered. We read in Acts 17 that, as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. It says, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a few prominent women. And so, the church in Thessalonica is born. It begins. But what we see after that is a pattern that recurs throughout the Gospels and into the book of Acts, is that where Jesus or the Holy Spirit shows up, evil spirits manifest and religious leaders get jealous. And we see that time and time again, that wherever Jesus showed up, the evil spirits would manifest and the religious leaders would get all upset. And the same happens with Paul as he's preaching in this area. So stirred up by Paul's sermons and sermon that they start a riot in the area. Now, someone needs to say that's a little bit of an overreaction. I mean, you can say at the, at the door, not sure that that was a good sermon, or you send an email later on in the week saying, yeah, I struggled with what you said. But to gang up and start a riot because of what Paul was saying, something's going on here. So Paul ended up uh, leaving and moving on to the next place. But what he left behind then was this small congregation consisting of both Jewish and Gentile believers in the midst of a very hostile environment towards them. And so Paul writes to them, encouraging them, and tells them, Pray, rejoice, and give thanks. That's God's will. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. It is God's will. And in fact, if we look through the letters and the book of Acts, we see that rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks were characteristics of who Paul actually was. It was these were elements of his life. Paul faced many challenges, but through it all, he continued to have this attitude of gratitude. When he addressed the Philippians, he said, I thank, thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, prayers, I always pray with joy. Thanksgiving, prayers, and joy. And so, as we face challenges, as we contend with all of the challenges that are around us, the challenges of social distancing, the challenges of being more and more isolated at times, the challenges of having to wear a mask all the time and having to remember to take your mask 
with you and not get halfway somewhere and realize and have to go back to get it. As we see the impact that COVID and the pandemic has had upon our economy, upon our education system, upon our social norms, and especially upon our mental health, we need to listen to what Scripture is saying and listen to what the Apostle Paul says about the attitude that we take. Rejoice, pray, give thanks in all circumstances, not just when it's going well, not just when we have a good day, but especially in the rough times, especially in the challenging times, especially when everything seems to be falling apart, that's when these words really help us. That's when it drives us to what Scripture says, rejoice, pray, and give thanks in all circumstances. Corrie Tenboom, in her book, The Hiding Place, describes how she and her sister Betsy were imprisoned in the German prison camp of Ravensbrück. When they had arrived there, they were directed into barrack number 28. And as they walked in and sat down on the beds that were in that place, they found that they were full of fleas. And quoting these verses from 1 Thessalonians, Betsy gave thanks for the fleas, reminding a not-so-on-board Corrie at that particular point that they needed to be thankful in all circumstances. Kari was not convinced that you could be thankful for fleas. But as they were in that barrack, they discovered that they had less supervision from the gods. And that there was more freedom and more opportunity for them to share the love of Jesus Christ with the women that were around them, leading them to salvation, to be able to put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior in the midst of a nightmare that they were living in. Later, they discovered that it was the presence of the fleas that were known, that prevented and stopped the gods from coming in and seeing what was taking place. The fleas, those little things that for many of us would be uh, just a terrible, horrible experience, actually were used by the Lord to give a space to create the uh, arena for the Holy Spirit to really work deeply in these women's lives. In all circumstances, give thanks. Develop that attitude of gratitude, even in the midst of a year-long, now, really, COVID pandemic. So how do we develop 
this mindset. If we go back to neuroscience again, it shows us that when we experience an event, whatever it is, information comes into our brains through our five senses. And when it comes into our brain, it then connects there with memories that are stored in our non-conscious mind that are related. And these connections then influence how we experience and how we understand our present reality. That's why sometimes when you're in a certain place or sometimes when you hear a certain song, suddenly memories come flooding back of being somewhere else or remembering some other event because they're connecting together. That's, that's what's happening at that point. If we work to develop a, a habit of gratitude, so working on it, and sometimes that can be hard work of developing a, a habit of looking for positive, being grateful in all circumstances, what will happen is those thoughts will connect with the positive, thankful memories in our brains and reinforce those positive, thankful memories. And what that does is it builds a healthy brain. Alternatively, if we choose to think negative thoughts, that connects with the negative memories and reinforces a toxic sense and toxic series of memories in our brain that can be negative, that can damage our brains. Fortunately, our brain is, is, is been created in such a way that it can repair the damage. So even if we have been thinking toxic negative thoughts, even for years, we can begin to change that. And as we change it, then we can begin to build and renew our minds, as the uh, Apostle Paul says, and build a better brain, build a more healthy brain. Toxic thoughts will damage us, but positive thoughts will build us up. That's why the Word says rejoice. That's why it says pray. That's why it says give thanks. So cultivate that place of gratitude. And to do that, we first need to observe our thinking. so that we focus really on counting our blessings rather than recounting what we've missed. So we choose to count our blessing and not on what's not right in the situation. So we can say, I am thankful that I can come to the house of worship this morning rather than saying, I'm not allowed to sit in my pew because it's been taped off. I have to sit somewhere else and figure this all out. Or we can be thankful that we can sit in our pajamas with our cup of coffee and worship the Lord from home. 
rather than miss out on that opportunity. So what I want to do is I want to challenge you this week to count the things that you are thankful for. But also to count the times when you whine and you complain. Now, you might need some help from your spouse or other people in your life. They will be able to, to let you know, especially the second part, when you're whining and complaining. And you can, you can assist them in doing that, but also encourage them to be thinking the positive thoughts because that's what we really want to be focused upon. What's really helpful is to write it down. Because as we write it down, there's a way in which it's reinforced within our brain again. It builds strength to those memories. Right, thinking the thought is good, but thinking it and then writing it down strengthens it and gives it stability. So what I want to do is challenge you to spend five minutes out of your day, set the timer on your phone, sit down, and think about things that you are thankful for, and then write them down. And do that every day. Now, if you add to that five minutes of being thankful, if you add five minutes of rejoicing as well, of giving praise to God, and just read the Psalms if you're struggling of places to go or things to be praising God from, and five minutes of prayer, that will take 15 minutes. That's 1% of your day that you are doing what the Apostle Paul instructed the Thessalonians to do. And what will happen is as we do that, is that we'll build more positive structures in our brains. Our brains will be healthier, and that results in better living for us. So being thankful really is the healthy choice. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks in all circumstances, especially the challenging ones, because this is God's will for us, and this is the healthy choice. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you, you have created us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that you have created us and created our brains and how, how they function in such a way that we can grow, that we can um, have health and have life, that as we think, we shape who we are. And so we ask you now 
through your Holy Spirit to help us to cultivate that attitude of being thankful this week. So that we can see even more of the good that you are doing in our world around us. That our lives can be shaped and transformed. That you can build within us cycles of healing and growth because simply we are giving thanks for all that is around us in all the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Lord, even as we face the challenges that this week will bring us, whether they are physical challenges, challenges with our health, or mental challenges, the challenges of increased time online and Zoom meetings and Zoom fatigue, all of those things that are so real and so present and impinging upon us as a society right now, Lord, we can be thankful and we can choose to build positive brains, positive thoughts that will strengthen us and carry us through during this time. We thank you, Lord, that you showed that to the Apostle Paul as he encouraged people to rejoice and to pray and to give thanks. And pray that you would help us to live lives of rejoicing, of prayer and thankfulness. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.